The health technology assessment, something gaining momentum in hospitals as a way to improve patient care, can be a challenge to implement. How should this be done, and what should a physician's role be? Welcome to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Winifred Hayes. She's the founder and chief executive officer of the Hayes Group. Hayes, Inc. is a health technology research and consulting firm based in the Philadelphia suburb of Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Hayes has her Doctor of Philosophy degree from the Johns Hopkins University School of Hygiene and Public Health and is also a graduate of the University of Maryland School of Nursing with primary care nurse practitioner and Master of Science degrees. Under her leadership, Hayes, Inc. has become a leader in evidence-based reports to health plans, hospitals, managed care companies, government agencies, and healthcare systems. Dr. Winifred Hayes, welcome to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about this phenomenon of evidence-based technology assessment and how a hospital or a provider can get involved. Well, the phenomenon is being driven in part by runaway cost in healthcare and ongoing concerns about the quality and safety of the healthcare we provide the American consumer. And this is not just a U.S. problem, it's a worldwide problem, but I think in the U.S. we're at a crisis point. There's a growing recognition by physicians and others that the old way of making decisions about the appropriate introduction, dissemination, and utilization of health technologies is not working very well. And let me take a minute to make sure we're on the same page. A health technology is any kind of intervention or diagnostic or screening procedure that we provide to patients in the context of preventing disease or treating disease or providing some kind of clinical support. So it could be a drug, it could be a diagnostic study, it could be a piece of imaging equipment, it could be a surgical device, it could be an orthopedic implant. It's really anything that we use in providing health care. And so there's this recognition that the current system is not working very well. And we have major problems in overuse, underuse, misuse of health technologies and waste in our system. And at the same time, we've got big problems in terms of patient safety. So hospitals and physicians increasingly recognize that evidence should be the grounding for the decisions that we make. And we're beginning to recognize that a reliance on expert opinion, on thought leaders, on marketing information can mislead us in terms of the direction we take. So that's kind of the background. And I think most of your audience understands that our cost for healthcare at nearly 17% of gross national product and other indices that we measure healthcare effectiveness like life expectancy and infant mortality are not where they should be as compared to the rest of the world. So we've got a lot of work to do. So that's kind of the background. So how does it fit into hospitals? Well, as hospitals make difficult decisions around what kind of new technology needs to be introduced into their setting, and doctors are certainly part of that decision-making process, and as we look at what kind of equipment we should replace, the old way of relying on some evidence, some marketing information, some opinion, is slowly being replaced with a more robust evaluation of evidence and an insistence that there should be some scientific proof that really supports 
the clinical benefit and the cost benefit of this item. And so when you get into a hospital, though, one of the things that comes to mind, and I'm sure you run into this, is the political nature. You know, you could have a doctor who's a big hitter who wants to do uh, a brand new thing. And they go out and they recruit this gentleman. He comes in because the procedure that he can do on this new machine is brings in revenue. But you find yourself on a committee saying, wait a minute, the evidence just doesn't show this works. Could you tell us what the committee does and, and how to deal with situations sure. like that? And I think you've characterized it very accurately. It's a very complex environment. So to have a health technology assessment committee be successful, there's a basic requirement up front. And that is that the executive team the leadership team, the board of directors, the trustees, need to be behind the incorporation of evidence into decision-making. They need to see this as fundamentally part of how that hospital is going to operate. They need to buy into it. With that as a grounding, then the formation of a health technology assessment team can occur, and its makeup needs to include physician leadership within that organization. Physicians, to have buy-in, need to basically buy into the process that's going to be used and feel that they're going to have a voice in the analysis of the data that will drive the decisions about the purchase and use of new health technologies for that institution. There are other people that also need to serve on that committee, other members of that committee. Representation from the finance office, representation that's speaking about risk management issues, safety issues, if you will. Those are two important components that need to be represented on that committee. Oftentimes, it's useful to have somebody from bioengineering on that committee as well because they've got to maintain that equipment. And certainly somebody from the what we call the supply chain or the purchasing side of the institution needs to be involved. So the committee is kind of a cross-section within the hospital, and it needs to have an ability to evaluate and interpret evidence that's used to help both inform future decisions around technology as well as more immediate decisions around the purchase of health technologies. And one of the battles they're going to have to fight is over the other drivers that operate in that hospital, drivers like physician request and preference, drivers like their marketing position and competition in their area, uh, and drivers like the um, strong marketing presence of device manufacturers or pharmaceutical companies. If you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And with me today is Dr. Winifred Hayes. She's founder and the chief executive officer of the Hayes Group. And she's talking to us about evidence-based technology assessment, which can stem from the rising cost of health care. But we're talking about how to implement these assessments to evaluate purchases of equipment and what should be done and what shouldn't be done. And she was just telling us about how certain forces can enter the picture that might get in the way of a hospital's decision-making. If you could go on from there, doctor, that would be great. Well, let's take an example of a situation that might and could typically occur in a hospital around a technology acquisition decision. And let's take something that's getting a lot of press right now, proton beams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Proton beams are a radiation source that can be used to treat a variety of conditions, cancers in particular, but other things as well highly focused beam of irradiation that can very precisely treat a mass, for example. Its most frequent use is probably with prostate cancer. This technology is very expensive, in the neighborhood of 
160 to 200 million dollars to put one of the proton beams in place and make it operational. There are other what we call stereotactic radiosurgical devices, which proton beams one, that are also available. Uh, gamma knife is a device that maybe your audience is familiar with. The price for a gamma knife, while expensive, three five million dollars, is much less expensive than 150 to 200 million dollars. The evidence regarding proton beam as compared to, say, a gamma knife or other ways of treating prostate cancer, the evidence does not demonstrate that proton beam is superior. It certainly is a device that has been shown to be reasonably safe if it's used appropriate, but from a clinical outcomes point of view, there's not strong evidence that shows it's superior. And we're starting to see a proliferation of this particular device. This is a good example of how a close scrutiny of the evidence should inform the decision about whether a hospital is going to acquire this or participate in a consortium to acquire it. And it also should be part of the deliberation about what are the patient indications that would really make a compelling case to say we do or we don't need a proton beam device. So it's an example of how that kind of information could be used to make decisions and perhaps also to position the hospital to be able to respond when patients request this procedure. Because part of the problem hospitals face is the impact of direct-to-consumer advertising that occurs. And it occurs on the part of other competing hospitals as well as manufacturers and pharmaceuticals. So hospitals have to have some way of responding to explain why they made the decisions they did, and evidence certainly should be part of that communication that goes back out to their customers. And how is this, um, would the Technology Assessment Committee interact with other areas of the hospital, and, and what would the challenges and opportunities be if a couple of physicians are swayed by the uh, company that they absolutely have to have this device? Well, I guess the first question that needs to be asked that's part of the answer to your question is, is this an advisory committee or is it a determinate committee? In other words, is the output of this committee used in an advisory fashion or will it in fact be used to decide whether the organization purchases or doesn't purchase the device? The second thing that's important for this committee to do is to communicate widely among clinicians, physicians, what the methodology is and what the basis, the ground rules are for the decisions that get made. And there needs to be, in this process, there needs to be an opportunity for physician advocates for this technology to present his or her case. So they need to know that they can present the reasons that they feel this technology is compelling. And when the committee finishes its work, its deliberations, and draws a conclusion, they need to communicate that conclusion in such a way that it's transparent to all stakeholders why the decision was made. Certainly, that committee should look at information provided by the manufacturer, but it should never rely on manufacturer data. It really needs to go to the peer-reviewed research evidence. And in the absence of evidence, there should be strong cautionary position taken about the adoption of a technology for which there's insufficient evidence. If those technologies are brought in, the committee should have the ability to require that there be some kind of oversight and clinical follow-up on the outcomes, the clinical outcomes for this procedure. And any adoption should be on a conditional basis. Now, clearly, there are some hospitals and some physicians who work in that research space, 
university medical centers are clearly the setting where early adoption is expected. But when we move into the community and we look at community hospitals, then perhaps that's less compelling for many hospitals. But again, if they see themselves as an early adopter because of their role in a given clinical area like orthopedics, when they bring things in for which there's insufficient evidence, it should be brought in in a controlled way and with some kind of oversight. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Winifred Hayes, who has been our guest. She's with the Hayes Group, and she's talking about a growing trend in healthcare to evaluate technology using evidence. Physicians and hospitals will be hearing about this, and I would like to thank uh, Dr. Hayes for being our guest. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments or suggestions about today's show, please call us at 888-MD-XM157, and I would like to thank you today for listening.